You're going to hear more reports on what's happening. Let me give you the first report, uh, just so that you're aware. This is probably a selfish thing, but uh, I am not shaving until everybody gets electricity on this island. So it reminds me to continue to pray for those out in Nanavale, uh, down Paradise Park, HPP area, uh, wherever there is not electricity. So people are telling me, don't you have electricity? You know, you can bathe too. I take shower, just letting you know that. But it's just a reminder. I said, Lord, how can I be reminded to continue to pray for people? Uh, And so this is what reminds me. Uh, We got our electricity restored last night. So we want to say thank you to everyone working out there. You know, Helco, uh, all of the crews out there working overtime. They brought in crews from, I think, Oahu, the mainland. I believe some from Maui. So they're working hard at trying to restore electricity uh, to the people who need it. Some of you guys aren't affected, so you may not uh, realize exactly what's going on, and you just hear, uh, you know, people don't have electricity. It's more than that. It's, it's actually, on a smaller scale from major disaster zones, it's actually a disaster zone. I don't know if FEMA uh, said it is one already. I don't know what the category has to be in order for it to be a disaster zone. But the peoples, the peoples whose homes have been... Uh, ripped apart or a tree fell on their home, to them, it's a, it's a devastation zone, so a disaster zone. So we continue to pray for them. Yes, we are uh, making food, uh, bringing ice and water to people. Uh, we we put, are putting together a schedule so that the different organizations don't overlap uh, because what we're finding is everyone was just going out there, pretty much going to the same location. And so everyone was good with ice and water, but there was another location that they weren't. So we're trying to work together with different organizations so that everyone can get their needs met. What really helps is when you, the church, lets us know specific people, not just areas, because there are people that cannot get to the ice, food, and water. So our mission here is to... Uh, target those who cannot get out of their homes. That's our mission. It's to get to those people. And yes, we are still helping people uh, that have a, have a difficult time getting out of, their, out of their house, but they can. We're still helping, but our main objective is to get to the people who cannot get out of their homes. And so we're building teams to do that. Uh, many people from the church are driving back and forth and, and dropping things off. And then we were able to purchase food and distribute uh, food bags uh, for people. But this is just today. You know, it's day by day. And you'd be amazed at what you're able to do. And this church continues to give out, give out, give out. Uh, Someone asked, is New Hope doing anything? And we have been since last week, Friday, uh, Saturday. Actually, Saturday we've been doing something. What we're not doing is posting it all over the place and saying, uh, look at New Hope. Because it's not about this church. It's not about the name New Hope. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with you, the people, and people helping people in the name of Jesus Christ, not in the name of New Hope Hilo Hawaii. So it's, if people ask, is your church doing anything? Say, yes, the people are. Let's just say that. Just say, yes, the people are. Because it is the people. It's not... You know what I mean? It's not New Hope Hilo Hawaii. It's the people of the church. The church is the body of Christ. And so if we focus on people rather than a, an organization, uh, we can reach 
thousands of people who still have uh, yet to get their electricity hooked up. And you guys are doing a fantastic job. Those of you on social media, you're, you're posting, you're letting us know, you know where the needs are. Uh, today we had a meeting with different organizations. Uh, the, the two main areas was safety, first one, and then the second was data, collecting data so that we can map out where people need the most help. And those who are you know, going to the different community centers, we let them go, but we're trying to go into the innermost places where people cannot get out. So if you hear of anyone, contact the church office, uh, ask for Lance Takai, give him the address, that's what we need, and then the needs. Our, the, the things that we are supplying, the main ones are water, ice, and food. That's the three things that we're supplying. Uh, some people may need batteries or flashlights or candles and things like that. Uh, we're, we're trying to stick to our objective, ice, water, and food. But if they do have needs, which is you know, batteries or flashlights or things like that, or other needs, propane, then still let us know because we can get it to the agencies that are focusing on those needs. So don't think a need is not needed. Even things as toilet paper, shampoo, toothpaste, uh, things like that, soap, just think of a disaster zone, what they would need, that's what they would need. So thank you again for your participation uh, and then uh, praying. We still have to pray for the people, pray for the workers that are out there, you know, um, it, because it's dangerous. People are frustrated, so they're, they're looking to the workers for the solution and asking the questions, when is my power going to be turned back on? And so let's, let's be the light of Christ to help people uh, remain calm, but we bring the help to them. So keep your ears open, your eyes open, and your spirits diligent so that we can help wherever help is needed. Uh, when we were going out there and, and trying our very best to help people, uh, it's interesting who was involved. You know, when, when, there's a, when there's a tree that's blocking someone's driveway and you have someone who loves cutting trees they're like, let me know. I want to go. I want to, like, they, they get suited up to go and cut trees. And this, this is almost like uh, men in young, with, a, with a young boy heart. Kind of like, I like go cut trees. I like, just give me a tree. I like cut them. Like, they like play. But they want to help people. So they'll go out there and they'll cut trees. And they're like animals with the tree. They'll cut it and then they'll move it. And they love that. They thrive on that. And then you have some people saying, just give me data. Just give me data. I want to be on the computer all night long. That's what they love to do. They'll build a website and they'll get it done in a matter of hours. And then you have some people who are the calm ones. What do you need? How can we help? That's not me. I'm like, what do you need? We can get you help. What do you need? We can get you help. So everybody who is doing their part are basically operating in how they're gifted. They're using the gifts that they've been given to help. And at the same time, I'm watching people who are helping that they're using their life experience to do what they know how to do best. I mean, imagine if you had somebody who had no idea how to use a chainsaw and said, hey, I cut your, the kind, I cut this tree from your house. And, and oh, do you have experience? No, but I can learn right now. I mean, you wouldn't trust that person as much as you would trust someone who had experience. You, you trust that person because they have experience. The ones that are kind of like, they just like try on your house, you can be like, you know, you know what, leave, leave the tree. I'll, I'll survive. 
And when I looked at that and I thought how everyone is working together, I thought the experiences that we've learned yesterday are helping today. And that's the whole scope of discipleship. Discipleship is what I learned today is for God's plan tomorrow. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. What God is teaching me today is to be used for his plan tomorrow. What he's teaching you in your marriage right now is not for today. It's for your marriage in the future. What he's teaching you as a single person today, he's teaching you that for your life in the future. What he's teaching you today as a young adult, he's teaching you that for your future tomorrow. See, God has a plan for us. We don't know what that is, but he does. So what he does is he equips us today for his plan tomorrow. If you want to write a title down tonight, write that. Equipped today for God's plan tomorrow. Because that's what God does. He sees everything from beginning to end. I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. And in Matthew chapter 7, we're going to read a story of what Jesus was trying to help us with when it comes to building that foundation or building today for what comes tomorrow. And in Matthew chapter 7, I'm going to read from verse 21 through 27. And it says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Then he goes on to say this, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So when Jesus is telling us this, he's letting us know that not everybody in the kingdom of God will say, will, will, when they say, Lord, Lord, we did this in your name, not everyone will actually have that connection with Jesus Christ. They may do the works of Christ, but they may not even have that relationship with him. And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a test for us, and it, it really tests our spirit to see where we're at in our spiritual walk with the Lord, if we are true disciples of Christ. Because if he's saying there will come a day that, that he's going to say, I never knew you, then that means it's possible for us to know about Jesus Christ, but not really have an intimate relationship with him. Like we can read about the president of the United States, we can meet him, we can uh, learn about him, we can study him, but if he doesn't know us, it doesn't matter if we know him and as much as we know him, if we try to go to the White House and just knock on the door and say, hey, can I come inside? The president is going to be like, I don't even know you. Yeah, but I, I, I did this in your name, I've been, been a part of your organization, I did all of this, but the reality is he doesn't know you. So when it comes to Jesus Christ, he says, therefore, whoever, which means anyone qualifies, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken them 
to a wise man who built his house on the rock. See, the, the interesting thing about this story that Jesus gives is both people will build. Both built. One built on the rock, one built on the sand. They both built, but only one survived. Only one will be able to stand. When we were uh, growing up, we used to build tree houses, and, and I think many of us did. And so we had to gather resources. And the only way we could gather resources as children is take from auntie, uncle, take, take from your house. You know, the, if you're on post and pier, you got those um, slats on the bottom, those one by twos. You take those off so you can build your tree house, and your mom is, you know, snapping at you later, but you use whatever you can to build that tree house. And then you go to the junkyard to grab things, and you're resourceful. And you do that as a child. You, you work hard to build your clubhouse, your treehouse, not for right then and there. You build that so you can enjoy it for the future. And then when we we're finished with our treehouse, oh, we loved it. We would, we would climb up the tree and drink soda all day. Wait for the monopo man, go buy, back down, buy our snacks, and go back up and just camp out all day. However, when you build something, it doesn't last forever. It doesn't last forever. We had to constantly upgrade. We had to constantly rebuild. I mean, when winds would come, we're, built, we're, we're using like uh, for sale signs. Uh, we're using danger, keep out signs. You know, we would go to a place that said danger, keep out, take that piece of wood off and use that for like a, a siding or something like that. And when the wind would come, we, we weren't building that great. And so when the wind took it away, we had to rebuild and rebuild and rebuild. And then we learned from it. We said, okay, we cannot use one by twos as our foundation for our flooring. It's wobbly, it breaks, it snaps. Oh, Robert fell out of the tree. Okay, we can't have that happening again. So we had to get two by fours. And so when we got two by fours, it was reinforced. Once we got two by fours, we could jump on the tree house and it was fun. And then when someone falls through, we say, okay, we cannot use one inch quarter ply board. We have to use half inch. And so we had to continuously upgrade. When the Bible tells us that we build upon the rock, you still have to maintain your life. We don't just come to Christ and say, okay, Jesus, I receive your spirit. Okay, now I'm good. No, there's constant, constant maintenance, constant upgrading, constant renewal, constant, constant repentance, constant learning. We don't arrive. We're continuously building upon the rock. See, he never has to rebuild because he's the rock. We have to continue to rebuild because we're the house on the rock. And the rains and storms will come. It'll hit us, not just physically as we see in our, our uh, community, but it will hit us spiritually. And just as a storm hits a community and it's, devast it's devastating, when a storm hits our life, it's devastating. And many of us have learned to operate out of recovery mode rather than preventive mode. We've learned that as an island because we haven't, we haven't had a major catastrophe like this or a hurricane of this magnitude in the recent years to hit us. Now everyone is learning that, okay, certain trees shouldn't be that tall. Certain things shouldn't be kept undone. We, got, we have to maintain some things. But sometimes we learn from recovery mode rather than preventive mode. And that can seep into our lives too. I want us to kind of flip that around. If you've been operating on recovery mode, let's turn that around and start operating on preventive mode. 
Here's how the Bible helps us to go from recovery mode to preventive mode. Romans 10, 17. It says, So then, faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, why is that so important to be in a a preventive mode? Well, because Jesus said, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them are the ones who are going to withstand the winds and the rain. It's a part of being discipled. It's a part of learning from Jesus Christ because those storms will come. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and then does them. That is basically being equipped. Just as we as children had to equip ourselves to get resources for the treehouse, we have to get equipped to build the spiritual house so that when the winds come, we'll be able to withstand them. James 1, through 25, it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, and he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty or of freedom and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So I I want us to kind of dissect this a little bit. When the Bible tells us be doers of the word and not hearers only, the reason why it says only is because the natural tendency for our human nature is to just be listeners, to just be hearers, to just listen to the word of God. Oh, that was so good, Lord. You you taught me something, but then that's it. And so it continues and says you've got to be a doer of the word, but you also continue in it. It's the continuation of what you've heard and the application of it That makes you, as the Bible says, blessed in what you do. You're blessed in what you do. Why? Because not only did you hear the word of God or you're reading the word of God, you're doing what the word of God says. Isn't that such a a formula? Imagine if we said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do what you told me to do. That I read your word and then I do what your word says. Imagine if we did that every day. You know how powerful the Lord can, that the Lord can move through us in our marriages, in our families, in our community? If what he says we do, it would be phenomenal. Let me break it down for us so that we can kind of grasp that. Imagine as a parent, whatever you told your children to do, they did. Right away. When you said, can you clean your room? They, sure, absolutely, mom. Absolutely, Dad. They got up and cleaned their room within that time frame. How would that feel to you? Wouldn't it just feel so good? Or or right after they ate out of a plate, they actually took it to the dishwasher or the, the sink and then washed it themselves and then put it away, dried it, put it away and everything. Wouldn't you just be amazed? You'd probably faint, but you, wouldn't you be amazed? Or if you asked your children to, to help you with something and they got up from what they were doing and they helped you. Not say, hang on, no more pause, wait, hang on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They, they helped you right away. I mean, it would do something to your relationship with your children. And it's the same thing with God. When he says, here's what I'm asking you to do, and you go do it, oh, it blesses God. 
It blesses him. And he doesn't tell us to do something that is not beneficial for us. The Bible tells us we're blessed in what we'll, what we'll be doing because the Lord said so. The Lord says, here's what I'm saying. You go do it, you're blessed. That is preventive mode. It's not recovery mode. Recovery mode learns from the lesson, from the pain, from the suffering. Preventive mode is building your immune system so when the disease hits, it has no effect on you. So when that person does say something to you, ah, minor, my life is more valuable than what that person said. When, when a catastrophe hits, you're not left in fear. You say, nope, God is my provider. He's going to watch over me. You're more, you're more reliant on the Lord rather than what's right in front of you. Because now you're in preventive mode rather than recovery mode. See, we're being equipped every single day by the Lord himself. And it's not just for today, it's for tomorrow. So when you go through pain and suffering and difficult times, don't look at it as, oh boy, this is, it's the end of my life. It's, okay, wait a minute, Lord. If I'm going through this now, that must mean you have something in store for me here. Now, we've all been around sports or we've played sports. If you have not played sports and then one day you just play with children all day, you can't move the next day because we're out of shape. We have a shape, but we're just not in shape. When you're in a sports activity and you're playing sports, those first two weeks that you start, they're the worst because we call it conditioning. So you're being conditioned for practice? Are you being conditioned to run around the field? You go through conditioning for what? Game day. So that you win. That's why you're conditioned. So whatever painful moments we go through, whatever life brings our way, it's not so that we can just play around. It's because God is equipping us for something tomorrow. Anytime Heidi and I went through a difficult time in our marriage, we knew that it was for something later. We, we just knew that, okay, God is doing something. We have to correct it here. We got to learn here. Be in preventive rather than recovery and just get all bus up. And then we're all, you know, we got to do all kinds of things just to get back to normal 10 years later. Why waste those 10 years? Build up for being in a preventive mode so that those 10 years can be a blessing that's why when we hear the word, we be a doer of the word, we continue in it so that we can be a blessing. Otherwise, we'll be in recovery mode all our life. And then we don't know how to get out of that. Then we get used to recovery mode. And then we just, that's how life is. No, my relationships are always like this. No, he's always like that. No, she's always like that. No, the economy is always like that. No, the government is always like that. No, you're always like that. We just don't change because we're always in recovery mode. And so what actually happens is our mind actually keeps record of what's been going on in our life and then it develops its own superhighway neurologically so now that's the only way we know how to think. That's the only way we can think is the way we've always been doing things and the Bible says the way you're transformed is by the renewing of your mind. The Bible says that because we develop habits and our habits come from a mindset that continues to program us to do whatever it wants it to do. Whatever it's been programmed to do It'll do. And so we got to renew our minds. And so when the Bible says something, we do it, we continue in it, 
We're blessed because whatever God is doing to equip us today, he's doing that for tomorrow. That's why he calls us disciples, learners. He doesn't call us arrivals, that we arrive somewhere. He doesn't call us finished. You're done. He doesn't call us that. He says you're disciples. You're clay that I can continue to mold and shape. In Luke 14, in fact, you can turn there if you have your Bibles. Luke chapter 14, it it helps us to understand what we're actually getting into when we say yes to Jesus Christ. Verse 28. Luke chapter 14, verse 28. It says this. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him or comes against him with 20,000? Or else... While the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. I thought, wait a minute. I thought anyone can be your disciple. I thought anyone can follow. Yes, anyone can, but this is the cost. This is what I'm asking of you. It takes a lot to continue to learn. It doesn't take much to go to heaven for us. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much for us to say yes to Jesus Christ. It doesn't take much. But it took a lot for Jesus. He's the one that paid the price so that we could just say yes. That's what it means when we say Jesus paid the price. He did the difficult thing so that we could do the easy thing of saying yes to him. And so we can go to heaven because we believe in Jesus Christ, we said yes to him. However, when it comes to being a disciple of Jesus Christ, someone who actually follows Jesus Christ, now there's a cost. But with that cost comes a blessing. That when you continue in it, there is a blessing in it. You may not see it now, today. Maybe he's equipping you, but he's equipping you for something that he sees tomorrow. Some of us will come on a Wednesday night and we we do our very best to learn and we'll do our very best to, to apply what the Lord is asking of us. But sometimes it's difficult because in everything that we're learning, to try and apply it right away, it's it's almost like we have to take steps. You know, we take a step at a time. And for some of us, we're new to our relationship with the Lord. We, you know, we're still learning. It's like a a little baby. They they begin to crawl first or actually they don't even crawl yet. They're just kind of like relying on mom and dad to transport me. But once they start crawling, now they can go on their own and then they start walking, then start running. And then we're like, I wish you were crawling again. But they have to go through those stages. And it's just like us. We go through those stages. And so what we're going to do starting September 3rd is we're going to uh, be helping in those areas. We have three different areas that we can pull up here. On September 3rd, we're going to be 
on our Wednesday night equips be doing three different things in three different locations. And so the reason why I want to bring this to your attention now is so that you can begin to pray about what areas you feel God's saying for you to focus on. The first area we're going to be talking about, which is a topical study, is marriage. And we're going to go through, I believe, 12 weeks of marriage. Uh, And so we're going to learn what marriage is all about. So if you want to uh, strengthen your marriage, then that would be good for you. The second area that we're going to be meeting is the books of the Bible. And the book of the Bible that we'll be studying on come September 3rd and for the next, uh, I believe that one is 12 weeks, I believe, uh, is the book of Acts and the Holy Spirit. So some people are wondering, well, I hear about the Holy Spirit. It's kind of weird to me. I don't know what that is. And some people are like, no, I love the, I know about the Holy Spirit. And so that may be a good place for you. And then you may fall into this category that you're saying, I have no idea about the book of Acts. I thought it was AX, the book of Acts. So I don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. I know about God. I know a little bit about Jesus Christ, but I'm new. So that would be another area that we'll be covering, the new believer. That's where you will hear the vision of Foursquare, our denomination, and of course, New Hope Hila Hawaii and church membership. Uh, That's where you're going to learn about how to read the Bible, what is the Bible, uh, what are the books of the Bible, what does it mean when you say 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12? It's like, what is all that? So all the new things that you're learning or the things that you need to learn will be in that new believer. And so we'll be meeting in here, we'll be meeting in the fellowship hall, and then we'll be meeting in our courtyard. Uh, So we know our courtyard tent will be up by September 3rd. And so we'll be meeting in those three areas. And I want us to take time to just pray on these three areas. You know, what area do you feel the Lord calling you to be in? And then these will change after the weeks go by. Once we're finished with this study, marriage, then we'll go on to parenting or uh, singles or things like that. We'll just do topical. And then when this is done, we'll do a different book of the Bible. And as, as a new believer, this one will continue to rotate. So when new people come to know the Lord, and if you know a friend, and they're saying, boy, I just came to know Jesus Christ, and you say, you got to come to our Wednesday Equip and get them involved in the new believer class, uh, the new, new believer area, so that they can learn more and more on the basic things. So all of us put together will help uh, each other in these areas. And this is where we begin discipling. And it doesn't end here. As we always say here, discipleship is everything we do. Everything we do is discipleship. If you serve in the kitchen, you're being discipled. If you serve in the youth, you're being discipled. In the children, you're being discipled. In the parking lot, you're being discipled. And then when you step off of this property, wherever you go, you're being discipled. When you come face to face with that coworker, you're being discipled. When you have a difficult time on the road, you're being discipled. In other words, discipleship never stops because whatever God is doing to equip us today, it's for his plan tomorrow. Amen. We're going to pray and we're just going to take some time to pray over these three areas. And I want you to take a look at that. We're also going to print out some papers for you come next week so that you can take that home and then you'll see the schedule. Uh, on what's going to take place. Pastor Lynn is going to be sharing next week and a little bit more in depth and and the vision behind it. But we're going to see what the schedule looks like and then where we get to participate. So let's bow our heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for teaching us and, and helping us become everything that you see us to be. For whatever you're doing in our lives today is not just to build us up today or encourage us today. 
It's because you have a plan for us tomorrow. And so, Lord, we want to do our very best to build upon the rock. That we don't want to build on shaky ground. Both will build, but only one will stand. And it's the one who builds upon you. And so, Lord, help us and help us to, to know where we should be learning. If it's a, the marriage uh, subject, then, then speak to our hearts. If it's the, uh, studying the book of Acts and the Holy Spirit, then speak that to us, Lord. If it's to learn about the vision of our denomination and our church and membership, then speak that to us, Lord. If we know people who would appreciate or would want to learn in these different categories, then give us the, the reminder and the boldness to talk to people and connect with people so that they too can build their relationship with you. We want to build everything on you. You're the cornerstone, Lord. And without you, everything crumbles. But with you, we can withstand the storms when they come. Because they will. But because of you, we'll still be standing even when everything else around us looks devastated. We trust in you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said amen, amen, amen. Well, let's stand tonight, and as we conclude, as we sing this final song, let's this, let that be our prayer, that it's, it's kind of a new song, and I know we kind of popped two new songs on you tonight, and you got to learn two new songs, but we do that with the radio. I mean, we learn songs all the time. How about we learn songs for Jesus Christ so that we sing it all the time, we sing praises to Him. Let's conclude with this final song, and the, the words are going to come up. Try to get that in your heart, but let this seal what we've talked about tonight. Let's sing our final song tonight.